Previously on Abandoned Quest. I trust you have uh, all made all of the necessary preparations for our planned brunch. I will assist you in redeeming my family's name. How is my ship? That is something you will definitely need to talk to my young ward about. You see a golden door frame, and inside you see a massive round room. I followed your very specific design instructions with, from what I'm seeing here, is just gold written 7,000 times? It's my aesthetic. Uh. <laughs> she doesn't have a ship? Why do we need her anymore? She brings plenty of gold, which we're going to need. Where is she keeping that gold exactly? Well, hello! What you got for me? I have all these shots lined up, Misa. She just starts, like, tracing Unger's tattoos. You want tattoos? Yeah! She needs to give you both tentacle anklet tattoos. Oh, uh, dope! Oh, that's adorable. Eustace! Uh, where did you hide all the skeletons? Somewhere where you will never find them. It's a difficult time, and we don't need dragons running about. Let's be honest, you are doing me quite a favor by acting leniently in regard to my young ward. So let me help you, Eustace. Ooh, good play. And she pulls one more curtain back. Beneath this one is a human, and most of the skull appears to be empty. He's one of the noble families here in Waterdeep. A body like this, you could find great use for. Oh, I think so too. Quite a find. I don't I don't technically have to sleep, right? Because I'm an elf. Yeah, we're about to get into that, don't you worry. Oh <laughs> yeah. My name is Renair Neverember. My father was once the open lord of Waterdeep, and though he were not perfect, since his reign this once great city of splendors has become the domain of cultists, cut purses, and cruelty. Though it pains me to admit, there may be but one way to save our city from these wanton villains, and that is with villains of our own. Mizra, you open your eyes to a verdant estate. You've never seen anything like it. Plants butchered into the shapes of animals. Fruit on trees, fat and uneaten. And a figure in the center of a fountain that you can't seem to focus on. Does it have horns? Are those ears? Something won't let you decide. You discard the thought spying a bee, pollinating a flower in the sunlight. It's warm here. You shouldn't know what this feels like. You discard that thought, too, stepping inside the mansion, ignoring what happened on the stairs behind you. You step over the debris littering the top floor. You have to get to the light, the warmth. You have to see it. And you do. Glowing, 
outlining the double doors to the locked room they won't let you have. It grows brighter, hotter, the lock melting. Your eyes are blinded, but it doesn't matter. You, you don't, don't need to see the eyes of what you kill. You draw your weapon with a calloused hand, aiming true as second nature. And as your weapon fires, you, Misra, hear the bells of your new city and awaken from your trance. Did I recognize the place? Like, did it look like Brayden's mansion or anything, or a mansion that I've seen before? You'd never seen anything like it before you came to Waterdeep, and even now it's unfamiliar. Um, does anything post-trance, um, since I felt like that call of the door in the trance, do I feel anything like that now that I'm in a conscious state again? You still feel the heat of that place on your back. Then it slowly fades. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. And now for a complete shift in mood. <laughs> As you and I have discussed previously, you slip outside, careful not to wake Blitz, and find yourself in the crisp seaside air of Waterdeep. This early in the morning, there's very little distinction between night and day. There's barely anyone around, and you let yourself relax as you leave the bright lights of the alibi for the somber tones of the castle ward, your eyes adjusting to their natural environment. You glance at the sky, and one by one, you see the stars appear, and the swirl of distant galaxies, your dark vision a gift, given to you as consolation for growing up underground. How is Misra adjusting to life in such a vast and busy place as Waterdeep? She is definitely adjusting is is the word for it. This is not something that I'm ever used to. I'm used to wandering on my own. And this many people and this much of a crowd is a bit much for what my norm is. Do you... Does Misra like it? I would say she probably doesn't dislike it. She's constantly on her guard, though. This is a situation where she analyzes everyone and everything around her she can never really understand why this many people would choose to be in a situation where there's this much happening around them. There's so much potential for people to steal and rob and kill and murder. And she has done most of those things. So she's like, this is the perfect situation to do it and get away with it. And that's not something she likes, huh? I think <laughs> she's just aware of it. I don't think it's something she likes or dislikes. I think it's something she's just consistently like, this could happen. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be scrappy in order to outscrap the other people. <laughs> so maybe Misra is even more aware of the situation than a lot of the people in Waterdeep are. Yeah, I would say definitely. <laughs> well, um, you're wandering through the castle ward, and because you are so observant of the city around you, you're glancing around the buildings and you notice a row of wanted posters tacked up to a bounty board in the city square. A crooked crown is painted on the brick wall above it, and there are several bounties available, which we can treat as side Quests if you choose to take them, but there's one in particular that catches your eye because the criminal depicted in the black ink on brown parchment is you. 
It's not a perfect likeness, but the list of crimes is steep, almost as though every criminal act cleared from your partners was then pinned on you. Cool, 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 cool. I am gonna... Mm, is this the kind of situation where these posters are everywhere, or is this like the one resource for them? Like someone takes it and then it's considered theirs, or do people kind of keep track of these? There are bounty boards throughout the city, but because... Waterdeep is more of a cosmopolitan area. They are not everywhere to sort of uh, create a, a sense of peace in the city. So people who are looking for them will know where to go to find them, but they're not ubiquitous. Okay, I rip it down then. Okay, make a dexterity check for me. Okay, give me one second. I did not have roll 20 up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also didn't for a very long time. So I just need my Google Doc. <laughs> you started doing this and I was like, oh God, we're playing d I should, I should probably get this up. It's a nine. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, you, got, you reach forward and you tear the wanted poster off of the wall. You notice that your bounty is 2,000 gold. Maybe you think that is impressive. I don't know. But as you examine the paper and take a step back, you can see that the poster is slowly regenerating on the nail. Well, shit. Um, and I'm the only one there. The other people aren't, aren't there either. Yeah, no, your, uh, your party is not there and there's only a smattering of people walking around. Like, uh, like New York at night, you know, they're there, but they're not concerned with you. Right. Does it say who to go to to redeem the bounty on it? Uh, it says the Castleboard Courthouse, where you overheard your companions are going later in the day to sort out some business with Volo. Now I'm curious. I'm going to file that info in my brain so that I can probably take a visit there. Uh, how far am I from, from that courthouse? Let's see. You are in the castle ward, so I guess theoretically you could uh, visit it, although it is pretty late at night, so it's probably not in normal hours of operation. But you are in a magical city, so it could potentially be open, I guess. <laughs> hmm. Who puts these bounties out? This is the city themselves. Roll a history check. Oh, that's a 15. You know, there are several organizations around town that keep tabs on individuals who are trouble, like the Order of the Gauntlet, the Harpers, and the Lord's Alliance. You, uh, but you could probably surmise that this is a result of you attacking the city guard as um, assaulting an officer and attempting to kill a witness uh, are among your charges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is that you, miss? You hear as a small red tiefling girl sort of toddles up to you and looks at the picture that is regenerating magnificently on the bounty board. Uh, nope, it's my twin. Oh, you have a twin? I do. Is your twin famous? Well, I mean, yes, you could you could say that, yeah. Does that mean you're famous? Well, I do my best, but we all can't come close, you know? Wow. <laughs> I hope one day my picture's up there just like yours is. Well, keep living here and it probably will be. You hear a whistling behind you and you see a pair of guards, human as they mostly are, uh, carrying unobtrusive magic lanterns and sort of making their rounds through the city square. They're deep in conversation and they are not looking at you, but they are heading in the direction of you and the bounty board. What do you do? Uh, I put my hood up is the first thing I'm going to do. And then do I recognize either one of them from that guard encounter? Make a perception check. That is going to be a 14. They do not appear to be guards that there weren't any guards that interacted with you in particular on that day. 
but you see a dark-skinned human woman and a sort of a burly guard with a black eye, and he's gesturing to his eye and telling the other guard a story about what happened to his eye. Fantastic. He doesn't seem particularly mad about it, so maybe it was a good story. <laughs> is there any place that, like, is there something I can hide behind or jump up onto? Like, is, is the roof close enough that there are, like, some crates I can jump up to and hide out up there behind a chimney of sorts or something? Or is there, like, a, a bunch of boxes in an alley or something close by? Uh, can you make another perception check for me? 18. 18. Okay, so you are standing... So the bounty board is tacked up at the mouth of an alleyway, and the alley in question is wide. It's clearly meant for, like, carts and foot traffic. On your left, there is a a sort of a a thin metal staircase that leads to a second level of shops built on top of the first level of shops, which are kind of, like, set into the ground a little bit. You have to walk down, like, four stairs to, to get to them. And on your right, there is a lattice of exotic vines that lead all the way up to the roof of that building, and there are bright red flowers arranged in elven script on the vines. It's sort of like a big display uh, that spell out the elven script for positive frivolity. Uh, There's also, uh, with an 18, uh, several, you see that several of the businesses have left large piles of garbage out to be collected by the city, and there is scaffolding set up beneath a partially constructed platform connecting the two buildings uh, that make up the alley. The scaffolding is beneath the two or it's like connecting the two? The scaffolding is beneath the platform that connects. So it's sort of like a a little mini archway of its own. Hmm. Okay. I am going to climb the vines to get onto the roof. All right. Make an athletics check for me. That's a 12. A 12. Okay. You leap up onto the vines and make your way up them. It's not a perfectly stealthy climb yeah. <laughs> uh there's there there is if you, i mean they're vines so any damage that you do is kind of obscured right but you do manage to climb about halfway up uh do you want to make another athletics check for me yes a 13 a 13 yeah you you scramble up to the uh the edge of the roof there uh what do you do when you get to the top of the building is there a ledge that I can peer behind or can I, if I go a little bit further back onto the roof, can I still like overhear the conversation if I crouch low enough? You sure can. Uh, make a stealth check for me. Ooh, that's a 20. Uh, yes, with a 20, you certainly can. You duck behind the lip at the top of the building as the guards pass beneath you. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> oh, no, no. All this nonsense about how they can reform. <laughs> can you believe it? He's too much. He asked me, which is the greater thief? <laughs> that old line. Yeah, and just as I'm about to go bully blade on that knife ear string finger, that pet orc comes up and... And a a bell goes off somewhere in the city and obscures the rest of the phrase. Uh, But you do see, as the city watch are approaching the alleyway, you see that little tiefling girl is attempting to climb up after you. No, no. Oh, God. Um, Is there a rock or something near me where I can distract the 
guards to get them to look at her to get her to stop climbing. What do I have on me? I'll drop something if I have to. <laughs> uh, let's see. Up on the roof here. Uh, man, can you make another perception check? <laughs> you just keep changing environments. It's true. Oh, that was a nat 20. I got a 25. Oh, wow. Whatever gardener had been working on putting up this big vine lattice sort of left their supplies up here, uh, thinking, who would ever <laughs> climb all the way up to this fancy roof? Uh, so you see there are some shears and some empty pots where maybe some of these plants once were. Um, there's uh, a watering can, let's say. <laughs> so, and some, some shears. There's, there's a couple different kinds of gardening tools lying around. Okay, I want to throw a pot down so that it breaks and catches the guard's attention, but I don't want to hit the little girl. I just want it to look like she maybe kicked a pot over or something. Let's call this an athletics check. That's a 13. A 13. You pick up a pot and throw it down past the girl, and it shatters beneath her, and she gasps, and the guards look up, and they see the girl climbing. You there! You get down from there right now! This is private property. And you see the guards begin trundling towards the little girl who is slightly panicked now seeing the guards and tries to scramble up a little faster. I would love to look around the roof to see if there's another way down off an opposite edge or like another place to hide. Just in case they make it up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a chimney, you see, and there's also some spare rope from the construction of the scaffolding coiled on the ground near the platform. And there is, of course, the rickety platform itself that you could uh, attempt to cross the building with. I think that I want to take the rope, first of all, just in case I need it. Okay, add rope to your inventory. <laughs> <laughs> Plus rope. Is the little girl, like, making headway? Is she, is she getting, she's, very, she's a child. She's probably really dexterous. You know what? kids do that thing where they like climb up walls really quick i mm-hmm. feel like she's doing that kind of thing <laughs> well let's 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 see how she's doing okay <laughs> uh, she rolled a five so she is um she's making her way very slowly up the lattice but she appears to be stricken with fear of these guards who are coming after her and she stopped moving and is sort of uh, quaking on the lattice Okay, I'm going to listen in to see what they say to her, but I'm also going to prep, like, the shears in my hand. If they start to threaten her, I want to throw them in a different direction to distract the guards again. Oh, my God. Everybody's rolling very bad today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, So you listen in, and you see that the guards have positioned themselves beneath the little girl and are gesturing and saying things like, um, Come on, now. We're not going to hurt you. We just... We just don't want to see you slip and fall. Isn't that right, Boyrum? That's exactly right. We're here to protect the city. You are part of the city. Come down, little girl, and we'll make sure nothing happens to you. Ah, yeah, you know I don't trust these fuckers. I'm throwing the shears. (laughs) Okay, make an athletics check. (laughs) That's a 15. Okay, yeah, so you throw the shears, and the shears land in a store window Yes. behind them. And the guards quickly turn around. Be on your guard! And they both draw swords and make their way towards the store as uh, the little girl quickly darts down, or darts up uh, the lattice and climbs over the ceiling edge and sort of curls up into a ball, panting frantically. She doesn't seem to have noticed you with your super high stealth roll. <laughs> um, I'm going to 
go over to her, and then I'm just gonna crouch down next to her and go, "What are you doing? What are you? What? What, what are you doing? What does it look like I'm doing? It looks like you're doing what I'm doing. Why are you here? I don't know. Th- that's not go home. Go home. I am home. She says as she sort of gestures out with her arms. Oh man, your your house. Go to your house. Not here. Don't. Don't follow me. She looks down, dejected, and she says, All right. L- listen, kid, if you if you want to be like me, uh, Misra digs into her pocket and goes, Here's a rope. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, Learn how to tie a knot and climb things and get better at scaling a wall, please. She takes the rope and she looks she looks down at the rope like she's never seen <laughs> such a hey, make a persuasion check. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I got a seven. <laughs> okay. Well, she takes the rope and she looks down at it and you can see there's wonder in her eyes and she she sort of like uh, makes sure it's secure and like hangs it over her shoulder kind of like a little bandolier and she looks up at you in the eyes and she says you got it now climb back down and go home she nods definitely oh my god (laughs) Uh, suddenly you hear a crash coming from the other side of the building that you are currently standing on, and you hear some distant shouting. Oh, I'm definitely going over to look at it. You run over to the edge of the building, and looking down, you can see that there is a shattered storefront window. It's far enough away from the front of the alley that the guards don't seem to have noticed it, but there is glass all over the cobblestone alleyway, as well as what looks like hats. And you can see a tall figure running away from the store and another figure sort of stumbling out of it. If I jump down, will I break my legs? Uh, (laughs) Or is there like another kind of vine structure on this side? I'd say there's still vines beneath you if you want to try to go back down that way. I do. I do want to try to go back down that way. Athletics again? Yes. That's a nine. That's a nine. Aggressively worse. <laughs> okay, you uh, you hop over the edge, and in your haste to get to the scene, you misjudge the placement of the lattice behind the vines, and it snaps beneath you. Oh. Make another athletics check. Oh, that's a 19. You catch yourself on a- another part of the vine, and while this vine sort of gives way a little bit, it just slows your descent straight to the ground. Are you trying to land, like, right into the scene of the crime, or just nearby? I want to land near enough to the stumbling man, but near enough to the hats so that I can take one. <laughs> cool. Come on, girl on the run. I got a freaking master of disguise this shit, okay? No, I know. No one's going to cover your head but you. <laughs> but, okay, so, so you land in the, well, make a stealth check. 20. Time seems to slow as you descend (laughs) towards the alley floor on the end of this vine, and your dark vision allows you to perfectly pick out where the glass is reflecting off the ground, and your feet land ballerina toe-esque 
between all of the shattered glass, not touching any of it. You see now that the figure running away uh, appears to be human and is wearing a very nice cloak with a scarf wrapped around their face. They're carrying some sort of leather satchel under their arm, and if they've if they've noticed you, you cannot tell. Um, Beautiful. I would like to scoop a hat and then chase. I want to chase this this leather bounding satchel man, human. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Um, make a sleight of hand check for me. That's <laughs> a five. <laughs> Okay. I got a handful of glass. <laughs> uh, yeah, you bound after this uh, fleeing figure and reach your hand down to scoop up a hat and look down to see that you have <laughs> grabbed a very large piece of glass that is cutting into your hand. Um, cool. And uh, distracted by the pain, you you crash into a figure in the alleyway, setting the two of you uh, rolling to the ground. Can you make a constitution saving throw for me? Yes. Oh no, it's a three. <laughs> Between your bleeding hand and now stumbling through the glass, take 10 points of slashing damage. Oh, yikes. You take a moment to regain yourself and notice you're surrounded not only by broken glass, but neckties, cummerbunds, and of course, hats. Struggling to his feet on the ground beside you is the man, whose shirt is stained by purple blood. But it isn't yours. This man is a drow. He's just past middle age, tall, slim, and handsome, with sharp white sideburns and a sharp blue hat. The brim rolled up and tied with a ribbon on either side. Well, officer, you came round just in time to save my store. Reminds me why I pay my- Oh. He looks at you, seeing that you too are a drow, and a female drow. You don't know how the hierarchy translates in a metropolitan area like Waterdeep. But in the Underdark, in Menzo Berenzon, you are his social better. He averts his eyes. My apologies, I... What can I help you with? Okay, <clears throat> I just say to him, come on, we have to move. And I just grab his hand and start running towards the other guy. Wait, wait, my store! He cries out in protest, but it's too late. Misra Tistin is hunting. Braden, you have just had your successful brunch with Hustis Staggett and probably took a nap or something. But, Braden, <laughs> you arrive in the city before the sun has fully risen. The dense maze of buildings in the Castle Lord provide you with some cover, but you'll have to make your errands quick if you want to go about them without the annoyance of heavy coverage. Uh, Braden. What are you up to today in Waterdeep? Um, well, Braden's main mission is going to be trying to track down, like, the head of the Navy of Waterdeep. Sure. <laughs> uh, so that so that we can pr start putting out some feelers for um, to find Blitz's ship. Okay. You go to Admiral Deepwater's office. And, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, you and Chernobyl ride into the city in search of the professionals, the Master Mariner's Guild, located just east of the Castle Ward in Waterdeep's Great Harbor. 
The Great Harbor is a forest of masts and a maze of piers, dimly lit by lamps on wooden poles topped with blue and purple flags emblazoned with griffins. Unlike the poor and moldy construction in the Dock Ward, these piers are wide enough for several lanes of wagon traffic, pulled by horses half the size of Chernabog and piled high with crates, barrels, and trinkets from across the sea. Okay, let's see how this goes. You notice a group of human sailors struggling with an enormous crate. Mm -mm. The sailors whisper to one another in harsh tones, constantly looking over their shoulders. As the sea wind blows past their crate and hits your nose, you smell something familiar. Fear. Drayden, what do you do? Well, I'm very interested in this large crate that I that I am watching them deliver. Uh, I would like to get a better a better sniff of what is in there. Uh, so I will ride. I will ride a little closer to them, and attempt to uh, uh, have a little have a little smell. Okay, Brayden, give me a perception check. I'm decent at that. Uh, it was a twenty-two. So you know, middle of the road for me. <laughs> you hear the shuffling of tiny, rough, bare feet, the terrified whispers of young voices, and the distinct smell of halfling children. <laughs> well, I usually don't concern myself with. The activities of the help, such as lifting boxes, but this one is seems to be full of children. So uh, I suppose I I am duty bound to intervene. Uh, Excuse me, fancy man. We're trying to unload this crate here. Can you move your big goth horse or what? What have you got in this crate that you are moving? I, Brayden Stabiner, would like to know. Oh. It's a crate full of business, but ain't none of it yours. Well, Move okay. along. <laughs> well, well, stop what you are doing immediately. Put the box down. I demand it. Me, Braden's to be there. But I can, I can make it worth all of your whiles. For you see, I am a wealthy man. And I would like to purchase this large crate from you. You all seem down on your luck. Wouldn't you like to have a little bit of pocket money to spend here in our good city? The man you're speaking with is wearing a red coat with the sleeves cut off, and he steps up to you, <laughs> sniffing hard. Also, they all have broken noses. <laughs> Frankly, Lord Cufflinks, bribing us is an order taller than I think you're capable of. Yeah, tell him, Giorgio. Well, <laughs> Brayden looks at the other men around Giorgio. I imagine this man does not speak for all of you, and Brayden takes out his pocket, <laughs> his purse. And starts starts removing gold coins. Five gold coins to the first man to abandon this crate. Do I have any takers? Five gold coins. Roll persuasion. <laughs> it was a nine. One of the sailors, a teenage Aleskan girl, stares at your gold. Oh, that's more than my share. She creeps forward with her hand out before getting slapped upside the head and shushed. Oi. We can't be bought by every stuffed shirt noble comes round here looking to disrupt our operations. Besides, he might be watching. Oh. You best get gone unless you want to taste the knuckle side of my fish lifters. Yeah, a challenger. How exciting. And Brayden's going to jump off of his horse and crack his knuckles. Gross. Uh, and... <laughs> And uh, he's gonna he's gonna slap Chernabog on the on his rump and say, "Turn the bog away!" 
Chernabog takes off down the dock toward two dwarves moving a pane of glass for some reason. Who <laughs> recoil as your horse leaps towards the pane of glass. But just as he's about to shatter it, Chernabog suddenly turns to smoke and disappears, freaking everybody out around him and ruining their morning. <laughs> uh... Uh, Braden is going to uh, kind of look up and down this guy in the red coat and then kind of look to everybody else and say, why don't we make this interesting? Uh, you, I don't know if this red coat guy is your best guy, but he seems eager to uh, go toe to toe with yours truly. Uh, and now Braden is going to like get right up close with Mr. Redcoat to try and get a size of like who's taller, you know? You're like a foot taller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's going to kind of breathe down at him. Um, but uh, why don't you guys provide your best martial fighter, and he and I will do battle, and the winner will be the owner of this crate. How does that sound to all of you? Are we all in agreement? <laughs> they all laugh and step aside, revealing a basically identical sailor sitting on a crate behind them. He spits out the key he's chewing on and gets right in your face. All right, we'll uh, fight. If you win, you get the crate. If we win, we get your pretty purse and all the gold inside it. Is that a sound good, fancy man? Oh, yes, I... Yes, that seems fair to me. The identical man steps up, cracking his knuckles, and the other sailors cheer him on, forming a ring around you and your opponent. Get him, Bartleby! Kick his fancy ass, Bartleby! Show him why they call you Bartleby! <laughs> Roll initiative. Hell yeah. Aw, oh, it was a ten. Not my worst roll. You feel the heat of the sun, threatening to rise over Mount Waterdeep at any moment. <laughs> well, looks like I'm going to have to make this quick, as I have errands elsewhere. And Braden enters his rage. His forehead crinkles up and his veins bulge out of him. You know, maybe some of his, maybe one of his cufflinks pops off as his body increases in size uh, from his already massive form. The sailors gasp and take a step back, all except Bartleby, whose eyes bulge almost imperceptibly. Uh, Braden's gonna walk right up to Bartleby and uh, make an attack with his claws. All right, roll to attack. That was a 24 to hit. That hits. Uh, seven damage. You, okay, well, tell me what this looks like. Braden's going to go right up to him and Wolverine his claws up diagonally across this guy's chest, opening up his, uh, I imagine, like, gross, sweaty wife beater top that he's wearing. Sure. And uh, letting his blood spill out uh, onto the cobblestone. It does. You slash open his shirt and chest, cutting through a faded tattoo of a tentacled beast. He also, take, he also takes an extra two damage from my rage that I should have mentioned. Okay. So it's nine damage. Okay. Um... Then he looks extremely bad. The other sailors gather around Bartleby, propping him up with their ropey sailor arms <laughs> as his face begins to go pale, staring down at the blood sliding off his waterproof boots. <laughs> the redcoat steps between you and Bartleby. All right, all right, okay, no need to go on. 
very well. Why don't you all get your faces far away from mine? Just then, he pulls a dagger from the rig on his belt and slashes a rope holding another crate suspended over you. Make a dexterity saving throw. All right. I will do that. It was a four. It was a nat one. You look up just in time to see the wooden crate crashing down on top of you, Ah! showering you in cabbages. (laughs) My cabbages! (laughs) You take five bludgeoning damage. Oh, a minor inconvenience. As you're recoiling from the rain of cabbages, Giorgio thrusts forward with his dagger, slashing across your chest, dealing 13 damage and cutting a single golden button from your coat which rolls onto the deck and slips just between two floorboards, lost forever to the depths of the sea. Uh, well, that got Brayden's attention. Brayden is going to um, uh, look Giorgio in the eye and say, Now, now, Giorgio, you had your chance. And uh, he's going to um, grapple uh, Giorgio. Uh, he got a 25. He's enraged, so he has advantage. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to make a claw attack on his neck with the goal being now that I have him like grabbed, I want to turn him around and sink the claws of the the hand that's not holding him into his neck um, for, for everyone to see. Basically, I want to show this to the rest of the sailors as an example of what can happen to them if they continue this fight. Give me a strength check. So that was 26. That, I did, did a lot of damage to him. I don't know. He might be dead. <laughs> yeah, sure did, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, so Braden's going. Actually, Braden's going to snap his neck. He drops to his knees, slumping forward onto the deck, <laughs> and the last thing he ever sees is the glint of a button on the ocean floor. <laughs> Does anyone else want to do something stupid this morning? The other sailors hoist up Bartleby and hobble away from you, their boots tracking through the blood you've spilled. Let's get out of here! He's a monster! Tell your friends! <laughs> you are left alone with the prize of this crate. Um, well, I'm going. Braden's gonna grab a nearby crowbar, I assume, around the docks and all the crates. Probably gonna be a crowbar. There's so many. Take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he grabs a crowbar and smashes it into the, uh, into the crate in an attempt to, to get it open. Make a strength check. Oh, <laughs> he's still enraged, so he, he got a 22. The lid of the crate flies up uh, and onto the deck it was being unloaded from, <laughs> shattering in a boom of splinters. Yes, uh, Braden recalls that he is in fact a terrifying monster uh, and <laughs> and exits rage in order to uh, regain a somewhat somewhat less intimidating presence although he's i mean he's still pretty scary looking but you peek over the side and see half a dozen halfling children dirt smeared and shivering pointing at your monstrous face in utter terror no there there children i am not one of your captors i've come to free you it's come to swallow us all uh, it's a monster <laughs> please don't hurt us yeah. no no please uh um i i am a i am a friendly man and i would like to ask you some questions before giving you your freedom. Please, everything is all right, children. Roll persuasion. <laughs> 22. As the children see your face return to normal, they giggle and start scrunching up their faces at each other and roaring. What happened to those mean, smelly pirates, sir? I've scared them all away with my the, the face I was making previously. It made them all run away. Except the guy in the red coat. He's having a nap. Oh. It's a nice nap. We're pretty good at scary faces, too. Look at mine. 
That's oh, that's very good. That's a good scary face. Well, um, I ha unfortunately, urchins, I have business elsewhere. Um, I think we're still stuck, sir. Oh yes, of course. And Brayden reaches in one by one and scoops them up under their arms and awkwardly places them on the on the dock. There you are. Yes. Okay. All right. One more. There you are. Okay. Kind of scruffles their head and. Um, says, hey, if, if any of you ever uh, need anything, uh, stop by uh, Equinox Vineyard if you're if you're ever in need. Uh, it's on the outskirts of town, and tell them Brayden sent you. Uh, always have work for some urchins. Your shoulder bursts into flames. <laughs> run, children, run! <laughs> and Brayden's gonna hide himself in the shadows. Hey, do me a favor and roll perception. Was it 23? Jesus. Why, why I'm wasting all my good rolls on this. <laughs> you look up and see a slender hooded figure watching you from the rooftops. Your eyes are too sensitive to the sunlight to make out their features before they step back and disappear. Mm. Seems I may have had an audience for when I murdered that red sailor. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder if that will come up again later. Zig, you are in the dark. The dark is shallower than anything you've ever known, and your connections to the world around you seem severed and jagged. You see a door. You, you think, think it's, it's a door. door. It's round and green, and it is shrinking, pulling itself shut, and you feel an overwhelming sense of resentment. You try to run, try to make it to this tiny little endless green, but you trip. You look down at your legs, these foreign legs, and around them are wrapped a thousand thousand tendrils, reaching up into the sky of black clouds, snaking into the mouths of subterranea and crawling slowly up. Wake up and feel that you are not alone. You sit up and you look over and you see Unger, casually leaning in a rickety chair, boot up on the wall, keeping watch by the door. Zig wipes their brow, uh, anxious from the nightmare, and looks up at Unger. What time is it? Morning, I think. You were distressed. Dreams again. Yes. Just tentacles everywhere, and not in a good way. I do not care for tentacles. And uh, Ongar stands up and approaches you kind of going through her leather satchel. The drow is difficult to crack, despite intoxication. I suggest you keep her close. The vampire may be trouble for you, but there are solutions in the dragon. So she goes to her satchel and she pulls out something and presents it to you in her massive palm. It's a sort of compass... And uh, as you take it and open it, you see that there are five stacked hands, each of them sort of a symmetrical antler of a different color. Two of them, one of them blue and one of them gold, are pointed in the direction you know to be Blitz's bedroom. And a third rough gray one is pointed at Unger. Hmm. Tentacles are not always so bad. And she winks. 
Uh, Zig uh, smiles ruefully and winks back. I have done as you requested. I will see though for my bonus. And she uh, she bows a little bit and turns and makes her way heavily towards the door. She opens it and though is standing there listening. <laughs> Uh, and she uh, she blushes and straightens herself and quickly steps aside for Ungur to pass. Ungur whispers something to her as she does, though steps into your room. Uh, good morning, Zig. How are you this morning? About the same as usual, I suppose. What have we got today? Well, I just wanted to let you know that Lazarus has taken care of your little scuffle with the City Watch and... <gasps> What are you doing? Though looks up at you for the first time away from her clipboard and she sees that you are in bed in the same clothes you had on last night. And she says, you have to be at the courthouse in an hour. Lord below, is this blood on your tunic? Get changed. And she rushes over to your closet and throws it open. I love her so much. (laughs) Blitz, you awaken in the alibi. The night before is somewhat of a blur, and to your dismay, you feel a familiar pounding in your skull. The dread companion of a dragon's gluttony, the splitting vengeance of your appetites, the bandit what slipped into the depleted hordes of your mind to rend you with regret for the crimes of your revelry. You, Blitz, are super hungover, and you feel a stinging coming from your ankle. Right. Uh, she looks down and uh, sees the tattoo and like just like like twirls it in the light a little bit like shrugs her shoulders oh alright um, <laughs> uh, walks out of uh, her room and just yells out is there any breakfast something greasy perhaps uh eggs bacon <laughs> Suddenly, you hear a voice coming from directly behind you say, uh, Blitz, finally! And she, like, like, is, like, shocked, like, jumps a little bit and then turns around. Not so loud, please. So sorry. You must have had quite a night last night, didn't you? To be honest, I don't remember, but... Oh, I remember it quite well. That probably adds up, yeah. Well, get back inside and get dressed. You and Zig have to leave for a meeting in five minutes. Uh, I definitely have to go to this meeting. Yes, you definitely have to go to this meeting. We're doing the transfer of your deed to your property, Troll Skull Manor. Uh, so many words. Uh, so many words. Okay. All right. Yep. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Five minutes downstairs. Wear something inconspicuous. You're still wanted by the city watch for assault. She hears that and just looks at all of her stuff that is all gold. (laughs) It's just like, well, this is all that's here. (laughs) Just puts on her gold armor. (laughs) (laughs) Just dressing like normal. (laughs) Uh, Great. Blitz, you see Zig step out of their room. Zig, what are you wearing? What are they wearing? What are they wearing? Um, I'm going to say they're wearing this, like, uh, uh, floofy, you know, like, uh, uh, old-timey royalty shirt. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with, like, the, the close-to-neck ruffle and stuff. Um, and then tight leather pants, because why not? And, like, a... Uh, what season is it? It's mm-hmm. autumn. A... 
uh, burgundy, purpley uh, capelet that only goes down to like maybe above the knees or like halfway down their thighs. Great. What color is the shirt? White. Perfect. Uh, great. Then you come out into the hallway and run right into Blitz. Hello. Ah, you're ready. Uh, yep. Yep. You don't. You don't look super ready, but I think we can make this work. Do you want to maybe uh swing by the kitchen? Yes, please. Um, I'm going to uh slip my arm, you know, with with Blitz, you know, mm-hmm. and sort of like lead her to the kitchen. Walk in, checking the time. Uh, make sure she gets some coffee and maybe a, f- a couple bites. Yeah, just shovels whatever she is presented with into her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you walk into the kitchen of the Alibi, and it's got a much more rustic and homey vibe than the slick atmosphere of the lounge behind the curtain. You're hit with the smell of roasting meat in brick ovens and exotic herbs from all around Faerun hanging from the ceiling like a forest canopy. You see gnomes, dwarves, and the occasional elf rushing to prepare for brunch service in the gardens out back, which has recently boomed with young nobles who want to be seen in the hip young crown ward. You also see Lazarus wearing an apron and masterfully chopping onions with the skill of a man who's killed a lot of people. This is my dream. (laughs) Ah, boss. Glad to see you're up and about. Those been throwing a fit since sunup. Had to entertain a couple of sharp-jawed watchmen last night. And don't tell though I said this, but I'm glad to see you breaking a couple of laws in public for a change. And to express my personal gratitude for your putting a Genterum warehouse out of business, I made breakfast. Blitz literally just grabs, like, the onion he is chopping, shoves it in her mouth, and starts chewing. She had a knife. (laughs) You must be Blitz. Yup. (laughs) <laughs> Blitz, this is Lazarus, head of security here at the Alibi. Nice to meet you. Blitz, you see a tall, handsome, red tiefling with faded scars on his face, wearing form-fitting dark clothing and a lilac apron emblazoned with the words, Don't talk to me before I've had my hot brown morning potion. He flashes you a grin of sharp white teeth, pulls off a kitchen glove covered in onion juice, and shakes your hand. Thank you, this was a delicious onion. (laughs) I'm going to, like, grab a couple bread rolls out of a basket Mm -hmm. and, um you know, hand them to Blitz and then, like, guide her t- t- out into the world. Yeah, just devours them. <laughs> are we still on for lunch, Zeke? We are. Thank you so much, Lass. I'll see you in a bit. No trouble at all. Sizzlet, have you seen the Yarberries? As you approach the front doors of the alibi, you are slowly getting residual signals of though absolutely freaking out <laughs> that you might be late for an appointment. She hails a dray, which is a two-story carriage unique to Waterdeep that runs up and down its most trafficked areas. They're usually pretty packed, but this early in the morning on a weekend, it is thankfully sparse, and you're able to find seating with privacy while Though pays the nibs for your fare and joins you. Though seems to be relieved by seeing you and very stressed out by seeing Blitz. Uh, And she says, all right, now let's go over this again. Mm. You are all going to the courthouse in the Castle Ward to meet with Kylin Silmerhelf, Mm -hmm. who will oversee the transfer of your new deed, Trollskull Alley, from Volothamp Gaderm to Zig. She says the last word very pointedly and looks at you in the eye, Blitz. Okay. 
<laughs> now, you are going to be in a very um, guarded environment, and I know you don't have the best history with authority, so I've made you this convenient list of things that you are not to do. You are not to mention your association with the alibi. You are not to mention you have ever met Zig before this business arrangement. You are not to steal anything. You are not to mention any association between yourself and Zig before today. Does it, to does it have an off button? You no, you just gotta let it run <laughs> its course. Should you be arrested, and, you know, you just let me do the talking Zig at the courthouse. Okay. We'll be fine. That sounds great. You will not use this opportunity to break any criminal associates the carriage you're in finally rolls into the castle ward and blitz this is kind of your first time seeing the upper scale parts of Waterdeep in the daytime mm-hmm. with uh, everybody out and about and you can see magnificent churches and and people in very uh very fine garments walking around and, and discussing things very close together that seem very important and you can see that down one of the roads is big, big, wide road that's still just packed with people. You can see there's a pier down there with ships that are like much bigger and more grand than anything you've seen in the dock ward. Like bigger, bigger than like my ship? Oh, way bigger than your ship, kid. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> these are these are some class ships. Okay. These are some cruise ships. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Over the tops of buildings, you can see like the tops of huge cathedrals. Some of them are like covered in gears, and some of them are covered in sun uh, 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 symbols. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, they're just covered in the sun. <laughs> yeah, there's so much sun on them, and you've got the feeling that you've entered into a much higher pressure environment than you were in the dock ward before. This is. This is water deep. <laughs> All right. Zig is perfectly at home. Okay, so I'm in the fancy pants area. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, it, we're like in a carriage, right? Yeah. So am I looking out a window or is it like like a like a curtain or something? Now realizing I've never been in a carriage. <laughs> yeah, I was picturing a window, but it could be like a fun convertible thing if you want. That seems very city living. Okay, so she's just like poking her head out, but like very like sideways looking over. Like, mm-hmm. looking at all this, and then, like, sways back in. What are we doing again? Why? It's very fancy outside. <laughs> yeah, and as you poke your head out, you see that some of the humans and elves walking around see this dragon head suddenly appear out of the carriage, and they, like, take a step back for a second. And you can see some city watch guards catch your eye and, like, lean in and point and whisper to each other. Yeah, I immediately duck down, like, sink down in my seat. I'm, I don't know if I should be here. <laughs> no, Blitz, it's important that you come to this. I think it is important, you know, that we get you some contacts and get you... <laughs> hold on. <laughs> and get you acquainted with some of these people. After all, we are going to be running a business together. Okay. Uh, do you think this is the best idea? I feel like I am going to stick out real bad. Well, maybe we can, I don't know, maybe a different colored cape or something. But we need to do this. We need to, I mean, we won it from Volo or whatever, so we need this property. Yes, and you need somewhere to live that isn't the alibi. But I like my room at the alibi. It's perfect, exactly what I want. 
I'm sure it is, but piles of illusory gold don't come cheap, and Zig is too polite to ask for this, but how are you going to pay for it? That does make sense. And remember, should you be arrested and you see no choice but to take your own life, the alibi will see <laughs> that your remaining things are sent back to Calumport and that your family what? has a discounted <laughs> price should they choose to visit the very <laughs> last- Why do you assume I'm going to be arrested? Oh, you know, she just plans for the worst. It's her job. Well, I think we all agree that protecting Zig- and their <laughs> reputation is the most important thing here. <laughs> what? Don't worry, Blitz. Don't worry. I will. I, nothing's gonna happen. It's like your to friend you. is really freaking me out. I'm She's, uh, you know, it's okay. You'll get used to it. Okay. She's great at accounting. I promise. Right. In Elvish. <laughs> To you, uh, Zig, though, says, Zig, Zig, your friend is really freaking me out. (laughs) (laughs) Zig kind of just laughs it off. This is somehow for, like, I imagine to though, it it must be alarming, sort of, how charmed Zig seems to be with Blitz. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, Zig kind of just laughs it off and and replies in Elvish, Don't worry. I've got this. Uh, After a couple more minutes of Tho giving you rules, (laughs) uh, you guys get out of the carriage and follow Tho deeper into the crowds. Are there any, um, on our way to the castle ward where we're Mm -hmm. walking, would there be any street merchants or anything like that? Uh, Make a perception check. Okay. Are you looking for anything specifically? Yeah, I'm trying to fit in a little bit better because I feel like I stick out like a sore fucking thumb right now. Sure. And like Blitz probably wouldn't have been concerned about it until like she looked outside and was like, oh, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. I got a 13 on perception. Uh, okay. So as you walk through the market leading into the castle ward, you don't see many storefronts. You mm-hmm. mostly see like meeting places for nobles and guild masters. And there's a couple of clerics heading to the spires of the morning. But you do see that there is a open pub. Okay. And just on the other side of the door is a cloak rack. Okay. <laughs> that would definitely told me not to steal anything. Uh, okay, can, I, can I roll perception to see if this, to see if I'm <laughs> noticing that this is happening? Uh, yeah, you can just notice, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna look. I, I look at the coat rack. And then I look at Zig, and then I look at the coat rack, and then I look at my my armor, and I'm like, I look at the coat rack. <laughs> Zig Zig sort of mimics the motion, just like looks at her, looks at the coat rack, looks at the courthouse, looks at her, looks at the sun. <laughs> 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 and how fucking shiny she is in it. <laughs> and Zig is like, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, try this on, and they're going to hand off their like burgundy violet uh, purple capelet to to Blitz. Okay, yeah. Which on her should probably be around hip or waist. I I assume, Zig is pretty tall. Zig is like six feet. So. Zig is tall, but Zig is slight. And this, no, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This cloak is is uh is not not great, but. <laughs> Maybe is this a stealth check? Maybe for this? I don't know. How uh, ridiculous does she look? Does she pretty, does, is, this, pretty, is this more does attention it look worse? or less attention? <laughs> is it worse? Well, is it worse than it, I escaped? The combination of burgundy, gold, and blue is 
mm. is dashing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Jared. <laughs> is, is very mm-hmm. heroic looking. Okay. Perhaps conspicuous, mm. but a great look. So I went from a very shiny dragon to now I am a very shiny dragon superhero. That's what you're saying. Kind of, yes. A mythic figure <laughs> on these streets. Well, maybe, do I look more commanding? Can I do general intimidation? See if I look more commanding. <laughs> Uh, well, sure. Why not? Right, yeah, cool. give it a shot. All right, I'm gonna try and look more like I belong. Belong there, yeah. Intimidation 18. Uh, yes. In fact, uh, you notice that some of the some of the city watch people who who are whispering and looking at you, uh, sort of like followed up, like they trailed behind you through the crowds, and as they as they kind of like scope you out like flank you a little bit just to scope you out you glance in their direction with this renewed uh uh, uh stoic energy um energy more like your uh sister maybe mm-hmm. okay. and um you catch their eyes and they sort of like shrink back and and make excuses to each other as they walk away like no couldn't be her no way no that's not that's totally different i'm trying to like really <laughs> embrace my uh my inner regan and like walk like i belong puff up my chest like look mm-hmm. impressive and not my usual like ridiculous self <laughs> yeah and for the record though seems impressed as well yeah uh, but uh, as soon as but if she sees you looking she immediately looks away and continues walking <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So you guys eventually reach the courthouse and the courthouse is a massive building of sleek black stone. And there's like two massive statues on either side of its gates. One is like a dragon roaring on one side and the other is a bureaucratic official holding a hammer up and pointing as though uh, the code legal is the true champion of the city. Blitz is going to lean over to Zig and be like, look, it kind of looks like us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. You know what? I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. <laughs> city officials pour in and out of the building wearing like somber rogues and, and uh, like sleek black leather book holsters. And uh, the natural flow of traffic directs you to a queue outside the courthouse, which is uh, like 300 strong. We had like 300 people in a line. Yes. Mm-hmm. Behind, like single file line. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so the, there's like 300 people in line and it snakes itself all around the courtyard as to not interrupt people with badges who are easily going in and out of the building and about their business. And uh, a man in a snug green suit and a yellow tie comes up to you in line as though leads you into the line. Name? Zig and Blitz Avianosits. And though. And though. Oh, sorry. I thought she was going back to the alibi. And though. Place of residence. The alibi. Okay. And he, like, scribbles on a board and puts a name tag on you that says Zag of Albany. Uh, <laughs> and Bits. Bits. And, he's, and he says, uh, State your business. We are here to see. Cyclone Slammerham. <laughs> it's a property transfer. All right. <laughs> he takes a note of that and ignores you, Blitz. <laughs> Your position is 371. Ooh. 
If you do not reach the building by sundown, we invite you to remain in your location to secure your position for the following day, though any missed appointment will need to be rescheduled. Okay. Good morning. How do we get a better number? And he walks into the crowd. No, how do we get a better n- Hello! I am talking to you! Come now, Blitz. This is the City of Splendors, not some pit of barbarians stabbing one another for the last scrap of kill meat. Wait, you were gonna wait? He said we might not even get into the courthouse before the sun sets. I know, the anticipation is killing me. Oh my god. (laughs) And as though beams at the opportunity to wait in line, you know not even Queen Tiamat herself can save you from the most terrifying beast you've yet to face in your short time in Waterdeep. Civil obedience. This has been Abandoned Quest, a production of Sea Monsters Etc. Starring Mike Allen as Braden Stabiner, Janelle Irene Lawson as Blitz Avianosets, Sarah Nagel as Zig, and Carlina Manzi as Misra Tiston. Album and character illustrations by Jem, who you can find on Instagram at MadeFetish. Our brand new theme song is composed by Totally Futuristic where you can find on Instagram at Totally Futuristic. A special shout out to our patrons, Andrew Perez, Jonathan Schwartz, MC Allen, and Maximilian Mycroft Meath. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash abandonedquest and enjoy this month's exclusive, Meistercross Gen X Thousand, an anime-inspired one-shot following a team of giant robot pilots whose terraforming mission might be a trap, using the RPG system Lasers and Feelings, which is chaotic. As always, follow the links in the show notes because Black Lives Matter and this big bad evil guy really needs to be taken down. This has been your Dungeon Master, Donnie Knowles, and from all of us at Abandoned Quest... Don't give up. Also, don't forget to vote. Don't forget to register to vote. It's very important.